Welcome to Word of God Broadcast with Pastor Opie Swells from Multitudes Church in Laurenburg, North Carolina. Our prayer is that your heart would be like moistened soil, ready to receive the seed from God's Holy Word. Now, today's message. There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. No thing can compare. You're our living Lord. Your presence moves. tasted and seen of the sweetest of love where my heart becomes free and my shame is Your 
This story talks about uh, a lame man that really thought that he could get by one more day if he kept doing what he had always done. And there's a lot that I could probably say right there, but I want to I want to get right to this story itself because I believe. In the, these passages that, that you and I are going to look at, there's something there that God can help us with, with the day we're living in and what we are about to encounter. Amen? Because the Word of God is quick, powerful. Powerful is the Word. Stronger, and, but it's sharper than any two-edged sword. So Acts 3, chapter 1, begins by saying that Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer. See, back then, there was, it was the house of prayer, and there was uh, an appointed time of prayer every day. So once a month at the end of we're not hitting home runs here, folks. We, we, we got to get it up. I mean, we just, we're way behind New Testament here. And being the ninth hour, now a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, so that he could ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who, talking about the man, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, ask an alms. And Peter, 
fastening his eyes upon him with John, saith, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up immediately. And his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people, say all the people, all the people saw him walking and Praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat and asked for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And as the lame man uh, which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's greatly wondering. Now, to begin with, we need to discuss the issue of what the man was wanting. He was wanting to do, and you remember the first time I started talking about this, he was wanting to do the same thing. This is all he knew to do. In fact, for all practical purposes, it's probably all he thought he could do being lame. So silver and gold was his answer, he thought. And do you know that the Bible tells us that the love of money is the root, the root of all evil. It will even, people say all the time, take this, that scripture out of context, that money is evil. It's not, it's, not, it's money, it's paper, it's silver, it's copper, it's nickel. It's not evil. It doesn't have feelings, it doesn't have emotions, it doesn't have a pulse. It's not. Money is money. Like a motorcycle is a motorcycle or uh, a building's a building. Money is money. And you can do bad things with everything. But what happens is money becomes people's object of obsession and they think that this is going to fix the situation. And, and, and you know, um, I, I just mentioned, and, and you, you probably heard this week, a lottery winner uh, winning that over a billion dollar jackpot. I think that's one of the most dangerous things that could happen to a human being. Because it doesn't matter if you were helping handicapped children or you were working uh, to, to feed homeless people or whatever, all of a sudden... I guarantee you that that God that's always been here steps into first position, and it does in many people's lives and a lot of Christians' lives. And so he thought, again, that silver and gold was the answer. All through the Bible, people have felt the same way. Psalm 135 and 15 says that the idols of heaven are silver and gold the work of men's hands. 
over in Isaiah 2 and 7, their land also is full of silver and gold. Neither is there any end of their treasures. Their land is also full of horses. Neither is there any end of their chariots. And folks, where there's an abundance, there's a type of spiritual, not Holy Spirit, but there's a type of evil spirit of affirmation where there's an abundance of anything like that. And so what I'm really trying to get to quick as I can is that there becomes a dependence on silver and gold. And, I, and can I just tell you with that long introduction a few minutes ago, you need to learn, we all need to learn to be content with what we have right now. You need to be content most of all knowing that if you are saved and your sins are under the blood, that you've got a mansion in heaven waiting on you. You've got a God that at any moment is going to tell his son, your savior, the husband of your soul, to take you home. And so our focus needs to be on that. And I'm telling you, folks, there is, there is such a fascination even in the church among believers all over the world, people thinking, and it is all over Christian TV, people thinking that more money is going to meet their need and solve their problem. I will tell you, more Holy Ghost will solve your problem. More Jesus will solve your problem. Being in love with God will solve your problem. And so as we go along, you're going to find out if the Lord does not call us home first, a lot of what you have and a lot of what you want just may flee away from you. And I know that ain't the preaching you want to hear today. But it's true. It's true. And so you need to learn how to do things. This is where people online get upset and they try to censor all these kinds of things. But you need to learn how to be self-sufficient at home. Oh, my goodness. I, I turn into a cult preacher right now in a lot of people's eyes. I really have. But you, you, you need to divorce from society. You need to learn that silver and gold is not your friend. Unless you are led by the Spirit, you are led by the money. I can promise you that. And you will justify everything in your life. And I'm spending a lot of time on this on purpose. Because this man overlooked what's, what I, I'm sure he probably knew was available. Because it kind of went like wildfire when the Holy Spirit fell in the upper room. So... To back up what I'm saying, I just want to share one more scripture with you out of 1 John 5, 19 real quick. And that is that we know, we, me and you that are saved, we know that we are of God. Amen? We don't belong to Buddha, Muhammad. We don't belong to a cult or anything. We know that we are of God. And the whole world lieth in wickedness. The whole world does. And so the whole world lies in wickedness. And what I was going to say about the poor guy, a poor person that is running into all this money, and I hope this is one of the times I'm real, real, real 
it's not a good way, but Angie's not here to correct me, and you won't say nothing to me because you love me. I hope, I hope I'm real wrong, real wrong. But this guy could go out and do a lot of benevolent things with me. In fact, he said, I don't want any. I'm just going to give it all away, and I'm going to help share the gospel. That would be a beautiful thing if he took those resources that come from that of all places and did that. And I'm not, I am not here endorsing it at all, so don't you think I am. I'm not. I want to tell you this, folks. We've got to know that silver and gold, and I'm just trying to make, make a huge foundation here. I know what y'all are thinking. What you going to do, build a shopping mall? Hurry up. But I want you to hear me today. Silver and gold is not a new thing to lure people. It's been going on since the beginning of time. And you and I need to take heed. We need to watch out so that we don't sacrifice what God wants to do in 2023 for silver and gold or anything and everything else. So silver and gold leads us to the first of what I want to call seven points that are worth noting. And this is kind of an order. This is an order. You know, when we talked about miracles two weeks ago when the order's in place, that's when the miracles take place. The first thing I want you to um, kind of get in your heart today is, is that Peter and John, number one, did not tell the man what he wanted to hear. And we must get to the place where you and I, we are not afraid to tell people about Jesus instead of telling them something that won't offend them. And I preach to preachers first. Pulpits can be blamed as much as the world. In fact, the church is the first place where the blame lies because in 1 Peter 4, 17, the Bible says, for the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begins at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? So they didn't tell him what he wanted to hear. He wanted to hear it. Well, here. I got a couple of bucks here. Leave me alone or here. Maybe this will help buy you a meal today. He didn't they didn't tell him what he wanted to hear because what he wanted to hear, Peter and John knew was a very temporary fix that would not fix him. So what did they do? They said silver and gold have we none. The second thing they did is what the rest of that verse says. So they gave him Jesus. Silver and gold, he gave him Jesus. Silver and gold have I none. But what I do have, I'm giving it to you. In the name of who? You say it today. Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Get up and walk. Jesus, I don't know how much the man was expecting, but Jesus is always the right amount. Hold on to that because you'll need to remember that if I forget it in a minute when I tell you something else. Jesus is always the right amount. This man might equivalent to us. He might have been looking for $1,000 or maybe $1 or $10. We don't know what or a nickel or a quarter. But Jesus is always the most valuable thing you can give anybody 
every time somebody's in need. Hold on to it. We've got to arrive at the place in our relationship that we understand that if we are not going to give people Jesus, we need to accept the fact that we have nothing else that will benefit them. If you're not going to give people Jesus, well, I did. Okay, I, I paid their rent. Yeah. But if they're not a believer, or they're thinking about uh, suicide, or they're thinking about getting on drugs, you paid their rent, for instance, or you gave them a bag of groceries, or you bought them a tank of gas. And we're talking about alms. I'm, I'm going to hit that hard in a minute here. But if you did all that, and you didn't give them Jesus, you know what you did? You just escorted them to another month if it was rent. You just escorted them to another month of misery without a permanent solution. This is why I was kind of tight a while ago when I talked about we're about to enter something and we can't react like we did. If you can't walk out of your house every day with your gun caught with Jesus, you need to stay at home, cut everything you own off, and don't open your mouth to anybody because you don't bring nothing else to the table. Your opinion will not help somebody out. My, what I learned in Bible college won't help somebody out. How much money I can give somebody won't help them out if I first, first and foremost do not bring Jesus to the table. Now, after you give somebody Jesus, it's okay to do all these other things. In fact, a lot of people that do benevolent things, they use monetary means that God's blessed them with to open the door so they can talk about Jesus. So I will say that. But we've got to get to a place that we we, we got to see that Jesus is the only thing and the best thing that you have going for you and I've got going for me. So they, gave, they didn't tell him what he wanted to hear. They gave him Jesus. The third thing is, and this is where I'm talking about going back to arms. He gave him his hand. That's what that Bible verse said. He reached out his hand. Now I'm going to tell you this, and this is a, this is culture shock to the, to the body of Christ, large and in part. A lot of people crutch and their church is only known for doing good works and good works in the community. They have no power. They have dead services. They have dead preaching. They have dead worship. No, it ain't even worship. They just have dead music. They have all that, but they do a lot of benevolent things. And Angie read something to me that she found on Facebook about... Um, how churches are so synchronized and all this. There's no room, no time for the Holy Ghost to move or just, just waiting to see, dwelling and, and being in a moment. And, and what Eric was sharing with you a while ago, you know, just we are here, right? We, we want to worship God in spirit and in truth. We want to worship God even in our giving. We want that to be worship. And so I'm telling you, folks, there are a lot of churches, they do alms types things, they have a form of godliness, and they do. They help people out, but they have dead church. God wants you and I to know that you cannot be a child of the king 
and a citizen of that world. You cannot be that, have Jesus in your heart, and not walk around with your hand out. You can't do it. You can't separate Jesus in your heart than reaching your hand out to help the world up. How will they know if you don't help them? How will they know? How will they hear if we don't tell them? So, so well, I, I'm just quiet. I'm not that way. No, you're not. I've been through that so many times in 25. You're not quiet. You're selectively silent. You're not quiet, though. All we got to do, you know, I've been talking about grandbaby. Let your grandbaby do something. You will act a fool. I mean, over nothing. It ain't like, oh, they went to the Olympics and won 10 medals for the country. No. <laughs> they turned that leaf over on the other side, and you go crazy. But in church, You know, foolishness, foolishness. You can't separate your salvation from your hand. Your hand is connected to your heart. Your heart where Jesus lives, you know what he does? He uses your hand. He uses your other hand. He uses your feet. So Peter and John, after they told him what he didn't want to hear, but it's the best thing he could hear, they gave him Jesus and then gave him their hand immediately. And you can't do that. You can't tell somebody about Jesus and then send them to another church or another Christian to get help. Can't do that. I can't tell you how many people over the years, and that lady I mentioned a while ago about one of Angie's friends, how many people, there, there's lots of people that claim to be Christians. And I don't know if she could have reached out to more. But I know one woman out of many educators and people that work there over a course of 20-something years, I know one that she did call. You can't separate, I'm saying it again for a reason, you can't separate Jesus in your heart from your hand. You can't do it, church. And I'm praying in the name of Jesus that God would bring Holy Ghost conviction on us, that we get convicted that our hand and our hearts are not synchronized this year. So we're cranking stoves up this year, we're cranking other things up. We're, we're cranking uh, being friendly to people up because we can't stay in this building and preach Jesus and have Holy Ghost services but not have our hand out. Amen, Opie. Amen. You can't do it. So real genuine salvation is always reaching out. The fourth thing is, and here you go, he took him to church. Verse 8. Let me read verse 8 if I can. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them in the temple. Walking and leaping and praising God. Now I'm going to say something now. That only maybe, maybe half, of the, half of you will, will, will know who I'm referring to. But you can't be afraid. I think of where Johnny Britt would be today if his family was ashamed or afraid to bring him to church when he was a sloppy wet alcoholic. I don't think he would be in heaven. I don't. And I'm not saying that. A Barbara and Rick's here, they knew. Uh, Billy and Sophie and Eric and Nick and all the girls, everybody. And, and those of you that remember Johnny, uh, I don't know if, if 
there's not, not many more than that that remember him from John's Road when he actually came to church. And my point to all of us is that you can't be a believer. You can't, you can't say all the right things, do all the right things, but you say, well, I'm too embarrassed to take my homosexual cousin to church. I stepped on some major toes because it, you fill in the blank. Hallelujah, Holy Ghost. I wasn't planning to say that, but praise be to his name. God wanted somebody in this place, if not the whole building, to hear that. You cannot have a heart that says Jesus and not have a hand that reaches out and brings people to church. One of the things that is been kind of in front of you at times is kind of our fourfold mission here. You'll see it as you walk out into the foyer today. A lot of you know it as good as I do. Pray, love, lead, and launch. Pray for people. Pray for the men at the gate. Pray for the homosexuals. Pray for the drug addict. Pray for the soppy wet uncle. Cousin, brother, husband, daddy, mama. Friend, neighbor, coworker, you pray for them, but you love on them. How do you love on them, Opie? You love on them with your hand. And you help them out. You do things. And it might require groceries or rent or gas. But not at the expense of Jesus not being available. And then you are not resentful or reluctant, but you're proud to bring in, your, I talked about fish a while ago, you're proud to bring in your latest catch to show it off in God's house. I love what, what God's saying right now. because This was not in anything I prepared. But I think God, the Holy Ghost is speaking to everybody here and I pray people online. Because this is the year for the church to explode. Do you hear me? But we've got to know, we've got to know how to do it. I'm thankful for every week when we have, you know, we had a great service last week, great service this week. We were down a lot of people sick and out. But I already told the people, I said, don't be surprised. The, the music might be the best it's ever been today. And I don't think it took not one step backwards today. I think everybody that played and sang done great. You know, and everybody wants to be here. We had a great service last week. Great today. But this is not all there is to it. This is not it, folks. A good time is when you know that you're doing the Lord's work and you bring trophies with you, not to prove or even brag, but you're bringing them, and this is what I want us all to do. Can I float Kevin or Brandon? Okay. This is what I want us all to do. I want us to change our way of thinking about people, hand, heart. But I want us to look. Every time you bring an unchurched person to church, don't look at them as a visitor. Look at them as an offering you're bringing to God. You paid a price on Calvary 
The least I can do is celebrate that. You know what Jesus wants more than anything? More than money or more than big buildings and good services? He wants souls because that's what he died for. So why don't we do this, church? Why don't we really bunker down, hunker down, and pray this year? Come to prayer. Fast. We're still in fasting right now. Fast. Be a part of all these things that are going on. But let our hand and our heart reach out and help this community that's killing and killing and killing and killing. You've got the answer. It's not silver and gold. It's Jesus, and you've got it. You've got the answer. I say it all the time. I worry about our law enforcement. I talk to Jalil about it. Please be careful. I tell Hezzy about it and all these other people, men and women, please be careful out here because people do not respect life at all. Pray over them all the time. God forbid that anything would ever happen to them. And I just want to tell you this. You need to look at how when you invite people to church, this year, and you bring them. I want to find they stink. Oh, praise God. But I'd rather for them to be here stinking than under a bridge rotting away. Bring them. But everybody knows their past. Everybody knows your past. And Jesus is interested in what you're going to give them. And that's him. So I'm telling you, folks. Let's look at people from now on, not as visitors, not as potential this or that, but look at them. You died for my sins. Lord, I want to bring you as much of an offering, as many souls as I can this year. And you know, and if it doesn't happen with you, maybe because of you are sending them a Facebook message, look, I'd really like to have you. I did that to somebody yesterday. Sent a text to somebody. I'm praying for them about a need. And they said they're coming. But I want to tell you this. When we give people Jesus and when you bring them into God's house, whether they get saved because you witness to them outside, they might get saved because of the worship or the message or just praying at the end. We don't know. But the thing is that you haven't robbed them of an opportunity to come to God's house. And I just pray i got a resource over here. Hallelujah. Don't y'all thank God for resources? It wouldn't be pretty to look at. So we want to pray this year. We want to love people this year. We want to lead people this year. And then that last word is launch. Maybe they need to be on the camera. Maybe they got skills working with children. Maybe they know how to, to cook. And help feed people. Maybe they know how to, to sing or play an instrument or teach. The fifth thing, this is where it really starts picking up steam, by the way, is the man was excited because, the reason of his excitement was because of the reaction that he had from Peter Giving him Jesus instead of money. Verse 8 again. And he didn't come in like I said a while ago into church like we talked about. Quiet people. The Bible says, and he leaping stood up. 
And when he went into the temple, I want all y'all to work on this. I want you to exercise this week. And I want you to come in through those white doors, walking and leaping. Ladies, when you do it, I want you to do it first down the center aisle, okay? And I want you to do one of them liturgical leaps. I, I want you to come in walking, leaping, and I want you to pray. Barbara can't wait. Rick said, I can. <laughs> Listen, you talk about church, man. We'll either have church or we'll have $100,000 in about a month because one of y'all going to record it and send America's fit videos. But this man was excited about what he had given him. Now listen, let's rewind the tape quickly. If they had given him silver and gold, you know, money's a God, money's good, money fixes everything, amen? If they had given him silver and gold, would all of this taken place? Money can't get you up when you've been lame all your life. Money can't get you out of your situation. Money can't rescue you when you're drowning. Money can't heal you when you're dying. Money can't fix all the problems we have. But I'm telling you that if you give people Jesus Christ, he's a one-size-fix-all kind of God, and he can fix everybody, he can take care of everything, and he can do what nothing else or nobody else can do. But you got to get out of the silver and gold, and you got to get your mind. We're talking about basic Christianity here. I've got to get my mind in 2023 on just giving people who? Jesus. Don't complicate salvation. If you give people Jesus, I don't know a lot about the Bible. Can you say Jesus? Jesus, then you know all you need to know about the Bible. In the name of who? We're going to do it a couple of times. In the name of who? That's it. Rise. Get up and walk. No more. No more theology. No more doctrine in there. No more Bible, Bible verses. No nothing to do. In the name of Jesus Christ, when you can get that into your spiritual DNA and pray that way and pray for people that way, you're going to see some walking and leaping and praising going on in your world too. Because God is no respect to person. The people, number six, I don't know, you might not even be writing this down. You don't have to. Just listen. The people saw his miracles, and they saw, verse 10 says, they saw his praise. Are you ready? Jesus is not a conspiracy theory. All right? The world, listen to me, the world cannot deny the transformation he can give. If we have divine manifestations of healing in this church, of people that know people have been sick or crippled or plagued with some kind of uh, 
abnormality their whole life or something. There's no denying it. Like there was no denying that. There was no denying. I'm going back to Johnny. Uh, there was no denying when Johnny got saved, Johnny Britt. Listen, there's two things that Johnny, y'all don't know him, didn't know him. But there's two things that Johnny was known for. Women and alcohol is what he called it. Really. But I can't tell you. Now, before he was saved. Listen, I can't tell you the people in Walmart, in restaurants, in town. I'm not, I'm not making this up. Don't have to. Don't have to make up stories to get the message across. I can't tell you the people that knew he was coming to church here said, are you kidding me? And I can't tell you the people for hours he tied up in Walmart witnessing and giving his testimony. The world, what I'm telling you quickly, is the world cannot deny the transformation when you give people Jesus. People saw the miracle, and people even saw him not sitting begging anymore, but people saw him praising God. You want to see people put their guns down in Scotland County? You want to see people uh, shut down uh, crack houses and drug houses and everything else? You want to see all this take place? Then you start giving your world Jesus just right where you are. Don't tell them what you saw on TV. My word, don't do that. Don't tell them what you think. Or don't tell them uh, this is going to happen in Washington or that's going to happen. Just give people Jesus. Money don't work. Opinions don't work. Theories don't work. But Jesus works every single time. Give people Jesus. And don't stop giving people Jesus. And verse 7 is where church growth comes in. And I hope you're ready for this because this is kind of where I've been trying to lead to all morning. Verse 11 says, And as a lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all, say all, I know I hate when preachers do that, but, but that's a reason. All. So when I say the word all, or when the Bible says the word all, does that mean just, just about everybody or half of the crowd? It means all, everybody. So all of the people ran together. Talk about a stampede. Ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon, greatly wondering. When we give people Jesus, I'm a, I wrote this down because I didn't want to botch this. When we give people Jesus, this is the absolute best marketing and advertisement we could ever do for the kingdom of God. Church too. If you say it, if you speak it, if you give it, give him to them, they will come. Build a dreams, you know. Build it and they will come. I'm telling you, if you give enough people Jesus, they're going to come. Because they want to they hang out where you hang out to be the way that you are that help them get out of the way that they were. But you got to give them Jesus. you got to do it, church. I've got to do it. And we pray for Holy Ghost conviction. Before we end our broadcast today, I just want to ask you a simple question. Do you know Jesus Christ? Not do you go to church, not do you have a cross in your home, 
But do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Meaning that you realize you were born into a world of sin and you are a sinner. And you violated the law of God and you've stored up wrath. And for that, you feel bad and so bad that you've asked him to forgive you and you've changed your way of living to reflect following Christ. If you haven't done that, that's exactly what this entire broadcast is about. It's not about a bunch of people or a bunch of money or attending our church, but it's asking you this question, are you ready to meet the Lord face to face and give an account for your life. If you have not done that, or you're not sure, we need to pray right now. And the prayer doesn't have to be a lengthy prayer or an intelligent prayer, but it has to be a prayer of faith from your heart. And you have to pray. You can pray in your own words, but you must realize during the course of your prayer that without the forgiveness of God Almighty, that there is no way you'll have peace with God now or for all eternity. So I want to pray for you. God, I pray for every person listening right now. Lord, that they would understand that it's not your will for any to perish, but for all to have everlasting life. And I'm asking you, oh God, to help my friends right now that may be praying to know that you are waiting. You stand at the door. You said in Revelation 3, you stand at the door and knock. You're waiting on us, Lord. And help them to know, Lord, when they call on you, that they can be saved and they will be saved when they pray from their heart and they make up their mind that they're going to follow you. Friend, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it from your heart, you are now a child of the Most High God. Not only do you have an advocate, not only do you have a friend right now that sticks closer than a brother, but you've got the hope of heaven one day. And for that, I am so glad. If you prayed that prayer today, why don't you just take just a moment, if you don't mind, and uh, reach out to us at multitudeschurch.com forward slash uh, saved, S-A-V-E-D. Or you can send us a text that just says saved to 910-400-1199. That's the word saved to 910-411199. Listen, we'd like to help you out on your journey. And there's no strings attached. We just want you to know we're trying to finish our course and fulfill the Great Commission. And you're part of that. So let us pray for you. And if you have any kind of prayer request, why don't you uh, share that with us? Uh, we will not reach back out to you and ask you for anything, uh, but you're welcome to email us and let us know what your prayer need is right now. And that's just a simple email uh, to prayer at multitudeschurch.com. Thank you again for being a part of our broadcast, and we look forward to seeing you in heaven one day for all eternity. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church or to watch entire services, please visit us online at multitudeschurch.com. You can also find us on most social media platforms.